I can stack them hundreds to the roof. I ain't stopping till they stack to the moon. Without me, my family wouldn't have food. Anybody go against me, gotta lose. What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host. And I am the motherfucking CEO. I bet you thought we cut out there for a second because I'm trying to throw up the cadence. I realized that I can only do that the right way when the show starts. If you asked me to do it again right now, I would totally screw it up, Um, which is really weird. But it shows you how easily and quickly you can get into patterns about, uh, about the way you do things and not even notice it. I don't know what the fuck that has to do with anything. Do you, practice, do you practice that at home in front fuck of the No, co- I don't practice no? that at home. No, come on. Dude. You're committed to perfection, man. Bro. You're committed to listen, perfection. When your name is Andy Frisella, yeah. you don't even have to fucking practice. Okay. Now, Von Kohler, that guy might have, have to, to practice. I do. Yeah, clearly. I, I practice my dad jokes at home all the time. That's why I'm so Dude, good at it. To them. tell such terrible jokes, I believe that you would have to practice. <laughs> I do believe that. Like hey. I I know you practice being corny as fuck. I do. You have to. Because I do. nobody is that corny for real. And nobody, well, nobody I don't know. I, I it comes naturally. Well, I mean, to be great at anything, you definitely have to have like yeah. a natural I've got some DNA proficiency that has some corn to, in them. Uh, yeah. to be like Tyler, he's definitely uh He's naturally something, that's for sure. <laughs> so, before we get into today's show, which I think today's show is going to be really cool, because we have not one guest, not two guests, not three guests, but I can't count how many guests Seven. we have here. A lot of fucking guests. We have them right here. Yeah. But before we get into that, guys, as always, this is a movement, okay? And I like to clarify this at the beginning of the show, because a lot of people will listen and they hear entrepreneurship and they think they have to own a business. This is an entrepreneurship slash personal development podcast that is geared towards getting you to the point of taking responsibility and understanding how to control the outcome of your life. Okay, so you don't have to own a business. You don't have to be a CEO. If you are those things, great. This shit will apply to you directly. But if you're not, You need to understand that you are the CEO of you. You are a person and you are somebody who is in control of your entire life. And that is the most important CEO there is. And the reason most people can't get shit going for themselves in their life is because they don't take control. They don't assert themselves to lead themselves. And what we talk about on this show while it may sound like we're talking about business and it may sound like we're talking about things that will make you more money, the concepts are universal for you to improve your life. So guys, don't hesitate to recommend this podcast to people who don't own businesses. I get this question all the time. Well, how do I get somebody to listen who doesn't own a business? Motherfucker, we talk about all kinds of shit here, okay? So do me a favor, if you like the content, if you get something from the content, if it's helped you in some form or another, which I know it has if you fucking listen, because we're that fucking good, humble brag, but not really that humble, please tell somebody, all right? Now, with that being said, bless us with a with a dad joke, DJ God. Oh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like you were saying, you don't, you can't, you know how you were telling one of our guests earlier, you can't, you can't just 
come up with like today I just want a great rap song. It's got to come from your soul. It's got to come from just like the conflict of your life at the moment, and that's how a good dad joke erupts out of my soul. Really? Yeah. It just comes from the corniest yeah. corners of it does of Vaughn. It does. Yeah. You just got to wait for that time where it just happens organically. So, dude, what are we doing today? We have seven winners, and. I guess I guess we have yeah well, well everybody in this room is a winner but this we had a testimonial what the contest fuck, dude no they're not <laughs> you're only winning if you're winning oh it's true it's true so uh, we had a testimonial contest as most of you know and we selected seven people from different walks of life and uh, age groups and geographical locations and so they're here and uh, this afternoon we actually had a thing called uh, hot seat do you want to explain to people what the hot seat is. No. Okay. Well, the hot seat basically is where somebody sits on a seat and they tell Andy what's going on, what's going on with their life, what they want to go on with their life, and then he pokes and prods them and and helps them to get to where they want to be, answering their questions and giving them uh, lots of great insight. So that's what we did this afternoon for everybody. And it was a great time. So we had a lot of questions asked and answered, uh, but we're going to we're gonna add another round of questions so this that everybody gonna be can- going to a Q&A show. Yeah. yeah. So it's been real good. And we're actually going to start with Dina Gad. Dina is a college student at Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, right, Dina? Yeah, that's right. Um, I am an undergraduate. It's my last year, and I'm on the pre-medical track. Um, And obviously, the journey to medical school is extremely difficult. Um, I've had my fair share of ups and downs, and I've struggled a lot with school, And um, I've made a lot of mistakes, not just with school, but in my life over the past four years. Uh, I just last year, I failed a course twice. And luckily, I was able to withdraw so that it wouldn't affect my GPA. But failure hits me hard. And it's really easy to get discouraged, especially if you're in a community where there's so much pressure on you. And so my question to you, Andy, is how do you embrace failure? And what was one of your biggest failures? And how have you been able to cultivate grit? Well, I think most people, <clears throat> obviously we've heard this a million times, like, dude, you learn from your mistakes and, or you win. What's the fucking meme that's out there now? I don't lose. I win or I learn. Right. Right. You know, it's the way it is. You, you know, if you touch the, ever since we're little kids, if you touch the hot stove, it fucking burns you, you're not going to touch it again. Um, a lot of people can't embrace failure. A lot of people have such rigid expectations on themselves and it's sad too because i feel like a lot of people who have very high standards are some of the people that can't deal with failing um and, and for you to truly move forward down the path of being successful you're gonna have to understand that failing is part of the process of you improving and i think when you could shift your perspective of failing from a terrible thing to something that is eventually going to get you where you want to go Um, it becomes a lot, the pressure that you talk about becomes a lot less. Um, now as far as like my biggest failure, uh, I mean, fuck, I think, I mean, it's hard for like people, this is like the question when I say, Andy, if you go back and change anything, what would you change? I, I wouldn't change anything because it's where it's got me where I am now. So I don't, it's hard for me to like, remember what. Uh, if we're talking about like financial failure, I mean, I can think of a million times where um, I've lost crazy amounts of money, but I think, I think my biggest failure um, 
is that for the time between 2007 and the time between 2012, I struggled as a leader. I went from a two-person operation to overnight, like a 14-person operation, to then in a four-year time to like a 70-person operation. And I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And so I consider my biggest failure not something that cost me money, but I actually consider it to be uh, my poor leadership in our company in certain ways during that time period. I could think back to a lot of employees that I had that I did a not a good job with. Um, and that definitely probably didn't think that they, they left in a better spot than 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 what they came into our companies. And uh, I regret that. Like, if you say, what's your regret? That's a regret. Like, dude, I, I didn't, I can't really fault myself because like anything, you know, you're, you're learning as you go and you learn. But I would say that, you know, the few people that, uh, that I feel like maybe I didn't, I didn't connect with or um, have leave our company in a better spot than when they came in is probably my, what I would consider my biggest failure. Um, it's also been my biggest lesson to where I've committed myself over the last five years or so, five, six years since that happened, to making sure that every single person that would move on or leave here would look back and see it as a, a huge learning, uh, a skill-based learning opportunity for them and it'll affect their lives in a positive way. So, I mean, uh, a lot of people, when you ask like what their biggest failure was, they say, oh, I fucking lost this much money or I lost that much money. But like, I feel like maybe some of the decisions I made cost some people potential in a way that like, you just can't put a dollar sign on. So, um, you know, that's also what's got me to the point where I take leadership very seriously. Andy, in terms of cultivating grit, I think this is relevant. You recently posted on Instagram a post that, frankly, I was reading all the comments. Some people were hailing as like the best post you ever posted, and it had to do with learning to get punched in the face. Yeah, and and so give people cliff notes well, if they haven't seen it because I think this is truth, super relevant. Yeah, it was just a post we made yesterday. Um, the truth of it is, you know, people will look at successful people and they say, "Oh, that guy." Like a comment I got on the post was the okay. The point of the post was. The difference between people who are great and people who aren't is their willingness to go out and get punched in the fucking mouth, okay? And I had to do right back. Bullshit. The reason I'm not making the money you're making is because I don't have the knowledge, the education, or the connections. Well, let me address that shit right now. When I first started, I had no fucking knowledge. I had no fucking connections, and I don't have a fucking real education. I got all those things by putting myself in a situation to get fucking beat up over and over and over again. Every time that I had a situation that other people would have quit, I didn't fucking quit. Every time I had a situation where I wanted to quit, guess what? I didn't fucking quit. Okay? So to that guy who wrote that comment, you're fucking retarded because the situation is this. You would be in a similar situation if you hadn't quit every fucking time you did every fucking thing that hurt your feelings or hurt made your fucking, uh, you know, you question yourself or made you feel like you weren't good at something. Because that's the reality. When you're 40-something years old and you're not fucking having any traction, you know why you don't have any traction? Because you've quit every time it got fucking hard. 
So the difference between success and failure in terms of financial success is many times more than not having to do with the ability to tolerate fucking pain. And dude, people don't like to hear that because it takes away the mystique and it takes away the excuses as to why they're not where they are. And it puts the onus on themselves. But that's the truth. Okay, every fucking guy we have on this show that's worth 50, 60, 100 million dollars, 200 million dollars, those motherfuckers have had a million times where they could have quit. They've had a million situations where shit has pummeled them. But guess what? They show up the next day. And they might not be excited about it. It might take them a week to get re-excited. It might take them a month to get re-excited. But they show the fuck up. And that's the difference, you know? People don't have fucking grit anymore. People don't have resilience. They have excuses. They have stories as to why they're not going to be where they are. They fucking love attention from people by telling these fucking pussified stories. And they all love to get together and fucking drown themselves in their fucking sorrow. And you know what? I just don't buy into that shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're gonna, you're not going to get anywhere by saying, oh, you know, fuck, Back in the day, my boss, he fucked me over. Well, you know what? If that's fucking true, then you should have fucking switched jobs. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, dude. Like, I just, I'm getting real tired of hearing the fucking, you know, oh, I would be there. I could do that if I would have had the same thing as you. Well, then why fucking didn't you? Because I didn't have anything either. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Dina, thanks for the question. And actually, while we're on this subject of, of um, you know, going through tough times, uh, going through getting your you know face beat in, getting pummeled as you put it. Our uh, second dude, winner- being a real entrepreneur has everything to fucking do with the willingness to sacrifice and the willingness to suffer. People don't understand that. They see the cars, they see money, they see freedom, and all this other shit. But what they don't realize is that you willingly got yourself back into situations that would you knew were going to hurt you in the short term because you knew that they were going to teach you skills that would benefit you in the long term. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. It is for people that love to fucking bleed. It's not for people that think it's a fairy tale or people who, who think it's all about you know the, the shiny shit. It's not about that. It's almost, you know, about loving the punishment because you know what the result's going to be. It's just not for everybody. That's right. why 8% of the people are entrepreneurs and that's it. Right. And it's exactly what you're saying is counter the, the narrative right now where it's so cool to be an entrepreneur, oh, so sexy, you fuck, you fuck yeah, bro. playing business. Dude, take this picture of me in front of this jet for the gram, bro. Right. You know, like, dude, right. whatever. Right. So our so our next winner, a uh, guy named John Stahl. John is uh, from Columbia, Missouri, and I started talking about how you had some had some stuff going on in your life that was kind of getting punched in the face, a little bit self inflicted, as you'll explain. But you got a question for Andy about your story and how that fits into your your personal brand or your your business brand. Yeah. Um, so Andy, you've been you've really set a trend on being transparent and sharing your own struggles and sharing some things that might be kind of embarrassing, especially with your weight loss transformation. And, you know, sharing those stories is what really has inspired me to take a lot of action 
and to start getting my own story and own vulnerabilities out there. Um, you know, what, what really got you inspired to share your story, start being more transparent and, you know, getting more vulnerable, you know, because on the surface, you're a man's man, you know, but on the inside, you struggle just like everybody else and you overcome those struggles. So John, do you feel comfortable sharing some, some of the details of your story that you shared earlier? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I started out with, you know, same disadvantages that a lot of people in the world do. You know, I didn't, you know, have a father growing up and my family was very poor and, you know, I developed a lot of bad habits and was around a lot of bad things growing up. And that led me to substance addiction. And, you know, I lost my football scholarship and ended up spending a couple of years in prison. Um, you know, but today that story is really fueled me. And, you know, like Andy said earlier, I don't look at that as a big failure in my life. I look at that as something that's propelled me forward that, you know, I was destined to kind of experience that so I could be stronger for uh, a better catalyst for change today to help people. Um, and I, I really would like to get, you know, a little bit better at use, using my story. Mm-hmm. And incorporating that into your brand. Yeah. So, so basically, you you want some specific ways of of knowing how to to, to feel better about you know some of the wreckage that you've had in your life and how to redeem that. And how to, I, I think the thing is yeah. is that you know there's a couple key points that need to be made about this. One, everybody fucks up. Okay, like everybody does dumb shit. You know what the truth is? Most people just don't get fucking caught. So. Um, I've done shit that I'm embarrassed of and I'm ashamed of. I know that everybody else in this room has as well. It doesn't matter to the what degree those things are. We all have shit that we don't we aren't proud of. And I think that I've realized over the course of time that you know everybody I think that I think when you're asking me like how did I figure this out? This is how I look at it. We have all these people in the fucking world that that appear to be perfect. You know, they have the perfect life, they have the perfect job, they have the perfect fucking spouse and perfect family and all this shit and they put in a ton of fucking effort to look perfect all the time for everybody. I'm not I've never been someone that's inspired by that. I've never been someone that looks at that and believes that it's real. I've always looked at that and been like, dude, you're fucking lying. You know, I am way more inspired by people like you who are willing to, you know, own their mistakes, use it as a positive in terms of helping educate other people um, and who have come through dark places and then come out and, and made positive change. You know, most of the people who had who had been through what you've been through where you made a few mistakes and you ended up going to the clinker for a while, they're going to come out and they're going to fucking be like the whole, the whole rest of their life. I can't get a job. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know what? I'm a felon. I fucking, the world hates me, blah, blah, blah. And they would, they would put blame on everybody else. And dude, they would waste their whole entire life over something they did that probably lasted like, (laughs) you know, three hours of their whole life and they, it doesn't make fucking sense. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like to truly connect with people. And I know this is true. You have to be your authentic self. You can't hide shit and you can't pretend to be perfect. For example, I got told this when I went to agent 2021, 
uh, by a guy named Tyler Harris, who actually just started a podcast that I was just on called The Daily Bread. There's your plug, bro. But <laughs> Tyler's a good dude. He's he's come and seen Gary and I speak a couple times. Uh, he keeps up with me on social. I I love what I love what he's doing because he's in the midst of the process. Okay, and so what? And he brought this to my attention, which I thought was actually really genius. We have online in entrepreneur world. We have a lot of people who are who are very wealthy. Okay, and the guy who who is at the beginning stages of entrepreneurship looks at that person and says, "Man, that'd be cool to be like that one day." But they cannot connect the dots to get from from where they are to where that is. It's unfathomable. It's like it's like standing at the bottom of Mount Everest and never climbing a mountain in your whole entire life and being like, fuck, how am I going to get up there? And most of the entrepreneurs on the internet are either like that, they're either genuinely successful to the point where the average dude who's just starting out or the average girl who's just starting out cannot relate, or they're people who pretend to be like that. And you still can't fucking relate. Okay. And he said, you know, the best thing about you and Gary is that you guys are like regular dudes who are also at that level. And that made me think about like how people are inspired because when I drive one of my nice cars versus when I drive my, my uh, dually, which is also a nice car, dude, way more people come up and they're like, holy fuck, dude, that's awesome, blah, blah, blah. And it's because they can they can relate to that. They can aspire to that. They believe that one day that's obtainable. And I guess my point in, in saying all this is that telling the truth about who you are should not be something you try to hide from people. You know, you might see me giving a, a motivational talk in front of, you know, thousands of people on my fucking Instagram one day. The next day you might see me fucking drunk as shit at Billy G's with a whiskey in my hand, making an ass out of myself. You know what? That's the fucking, that's me. That's what I do. You know, and I'm not trying to hide it because I know other people are just like that. Like, dude, everybody has their human side and everybody has their human moments. And if you can't show people what that, what that's about, you're never going to truly connect with anybody. So I think being authentic with a story just has always made sense to me. You know what I mean? I know like when I was fucking 350 pounds and I'm like, fuck, dude, you're fat. I didn't see it as like this thing like, oh, dude, you know, my fucking life is over, blah, blah, blah. I say, you know what? This fucking sucks, bro. You're fat as shit. But this is also a great opportunity to show people how the fuck it's done. And that's how I chose to see it. And so that's why I put it out there because I knew that once my mind was made up, I was going to get back in shape. I didn't have any doubts about that. So um, I just feel like, it makes sense to be authentic. I feel like I connect with that, you know, um, and I feel like everybody connects with that. You know, who 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 connects with per- perfection? I fucking don't. I mean, maybe I guess if you're perfect too and you're like, ah, or, or you're like most people and pretend to be perfect, you know, I don't know. I, it just makes sense, bro. So I know I know people really love it when you make specific connections. So I know John has a we I don't think we said it before now now but he has a uh, CrossFit business. So if you're you know Andy Frisell and you're starting a CrossFit gym, how would you give me a specific way that you would leverage you know for lack of a better way of putting it leverage the skeleton in the closet to really make your brand even more compelling than other people who don't have John's background? Dude, I think you're at a tremendous advantage because. You have a story that's going to get people's attention, and we were talking. Uh, we were talking 
uh, off camera earlier and he was telling me about a workout that he developed in his jail cell. Okay. And he's telling me how he did the workout in his hotel room this morning, but he developed it in the jail cell. And then he wrote this caption about how this is today's workout. This is what I did, but he left out the part about how he developed it in the jail cell. But that's the fucking part that gets, that's going to hook people, right? That's real shit. So like you have to understand that you have, you have an opportunity to stand out from everybody else because of what you've been through. And you could turn this into a positive, you know, like, like you said, you said earlier, it was on the news in your town. Everybody knows what happened. It, it's, you know, you're, you're from that town. Everybody knows what you did in, in this, but now because of that, you set the expectation to where you can break it, which is better than, than having no expectations at all. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like when you walk down the street and you see fucking four dudes walking to you that look rough and tough and they look like they're in a fucking gang and you're thinking like, oh shit, these guys are going to fuck with me, okay? And then when you get up to them, they like move out of the way and they're like, oh, excuse me, sir. And they're really super overly polite, okay? They just exceeded their expectation by much further than what it would have been had those guys look normal and not scared you in the first place. So I think the, the negative things have to be looked at as an opportunity to go so far the other way in the positive direction that people are like, wow, that's fucking awesome. Because the reality is, is everybody, everybody roots for an underdog. So any situation that you can get yourself as a true underdog and tell your story that way is a good situation. And I think it's a competitive advantage if you communicate it properly. I like what you said off camera when you told John that, like what John, when you said that you had a bunch of people showing up to like a grand opening or something and you were kind of overwhelmed by, wow, all these people. And Andy, you said, because they're proud of you. And I think something you've said before in the podcast. Dude, it gives people fucking yeah, hope. Yeah, it gets people excited. And, and that while there are people out there that are just not good people, the vast majority of people, like you said, they celebrate the underdog. They celebrate Dude, when you it, overcome. So, so many people's social media is completely vanilla when they have these incredible stories to share. And, you know, people like stories. That's why the movies make so much money. You know, that's why books are still one of the biggest thing out there. That's why people watch fucking YouTube. They want to be entertained through stories. And so many people have great stories they could share. They just don't know how to articulate them or they're afraid to share them at all, which is silly because that's the greatest asset you're going to have. You're going to be able to tell a story and be tied into what you learn. And dude, people, you know, people are going to relate to that. They're going to say, wow, yeah, you know what? I get that. That makes sense. That's just like when I did and whatever they were going to fill in the blank with might not be the same thing that you, that you are uh, communicating, but the same parallel lesson was learned and they relate to it. It connect with it, makes you human, makes them like you. Awesome. Hey John, thanks so much. So, um, our next winner is from Boston, and we're uh, we're uh, we're not too sympathetic with his his morning right now. Uh, the Patriots, of course, went down last Sunday, so uh, around like here we're kind of excited about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually gonna let you introduce yourself so that people can hear your 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 Bostonian <laughs> accent. All right, um, I'm James Testa. I'm from Boston, Mass. Um, what do you want me to? Yeah, you can just tell tell a just few things about y- yourself, and then and then you just go right into your question. All right. Um, so I come from a family of construction workers, so I'm real new to entrepreneurship. I just graduated college last May. Um, I just dove right into this. I'm learning as I go. Um, 
and I developed a product that I came up with the idea through my recovery from a motorcycle accident. Uh, so about six months ago, I launched my brand, Warm Up Nutrition, and I've just been dealing with a lot of struggles, fighting cash flow, obviously, because the budget's tight. Um, but I've been doing a lot of things like hitting up gyms, going to as many events as I can, trying to grow my email list. What would you really suggest for someone in my situation, just doing it ground up, trying to grow their brand, grow their message, and get the word out there? I First of all, guys like you are the majority of entrepreneurs right now, people who don't have a lot of funds, people who see everybody everybody that starts out like you're starting out with 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 no financing no bank no people to help just like i started out they tend to look at themselves as the abnormality they look at all these other people doing it and they're like fuck they had advantages no they didn't they're just like you that's the majority of entrepreneurs people who start out at the fucking bare bones minimum and you have to get really fucking creative. And one day, you're going to be thankful for starting out with nothing because you're going to go up against competition who didn't start with anything and they started with advantages and they started with that. And you're going to be able to creatively outthink them and outstrategize them to beat them. I know that you're not bitter about starting out with nothing because we talked, but there's a lot of people listening that are. They're like, oh, the fucking situation is... No, no, you're not. You're That's how it fucking starts, okay? So when I first started in business, I had to like you guys have heard before, go literally door to door. That means I had to go outside and I had to put my fucking heel and my toes together over and over again and meet people in their in fucking person. The thing that you guys have that I didn't have, which would have accelerated everything I was doing tremendously is social media. Okay. We have the ability to connect with people that we can target specifically as interested which is a huge thing. Think about going out and talking to the general population about your product, which is a great product, by the way. Um, nine out of 10 people aren't going to give a shit. You know what I mean? So now we have this ability on social media to go through and target people, not just through ads, but through communication where you're engaging in people's posts and you're commenting, you're liking, you're talking to them. You know, you don't go in and go for the kill or try to get them to buy your shit from day one. You go and build a rapport, right? So what I would do if I was you is I would spend a lot of time, not like Gary says, DMing people to fucking collab, but I would spend time interacting with people, build the rapport, build the relationship through comments. Dude, I said I get 500 to 1,000 to 2,000 comments per post. I recognize the names who are consistently commenting. I might not always talk to them, but I recognize their names, and sometimes when they send DMs and I actually catch you, I will reply because I'm appreciative of that interaction. That's to the place where you want to get to with people. You want to go out. You want to create relationships. Guess what? This takes fucking sweat equity. It's time. But really, dude, is it that hard? You're going to be on your fucking phone. You might get a little you know, thumb blisters or whatever, but it's not like you're out digging ditches, right? It's better than that. So... You got to spend time. You got to you've got to build that. And what'll happen is you'll build you'll start to build strategic, you know, relationships. You'll get one thing or another thing or some kind of, you know, somebody will repost your shit and it'll it'll give you a boost and and like people think that they're going to hit this massive home run. They're not. It's going to take a l- bunch of little singles, not not fucking a bunch of grand slams, you know? And um eventually you'll get over a hump where people start to recognize your brand and recognize your name. That could take fucking years. You know what I mean? And it probably will take years, but it's possible and it's probable if you put in the time. Most people will 
put in the time for a year or six months or eight months, especially of your guys' age, the millennials, which we talked about, lack patience. And they'll say, oh, man, I fucking tried that. Well, it takes longer than what you think. It's always going to take longer than what you think. And when you don't have resources like money, you're going to have to get creative. And so what I would do is do what I said, right? I would also perfect my product. I would perfect the back end retention aspect, customer experience aspect of my business because that doesn't take much money to do. So that way, when you do get a little traction and you are able to go run Facebook ads or Instagram ads that are targeted towards people and people buy your shit and you have a funnel, you know, and you have all the emails lined up and you're doing everything the right way. That way, when people come in and they see your product, you catch them forever. So that's the part where most businesses screw up is they don't put any thought or any time into their retention or into their follow-up or into their experience so that we can maximize the word of mouth that is generated off one purpose purchase so it could bring us more customers and also the customers that that are you know sneezing our ideas, as Seth Godin likes to say, are not going anywhere, which is going to exponentially grow the company. Most people fucking ignore retention and go all in on acquisition, and then all they're doing is processing one-time orders, and eventually you run out of customers, you know, and you're dead in the water. And that can happen really quick in social media because just as somebody can tell people good shit about you, if they don't have a great experience or the product isn't good, guess what? They're going to tell everybody that too so it can speed your death. So creating a situation of experience is of the utmost importance, and it doesn't take a lot of money to do. Yeah, that's definitely one of the things I've been focusing on a lot too. Like the customers I do have, like I have like relationships with all of them personally. Right. Like they reach out like, hey, James, could you help me with this? Or hey, James. And um, like you're saying, that's the most cost efficient Where's, thing you can do. Where could people find your product right now? Um, On Amazon. Warm up protein coffee. Warm it's up on, protein coffee. Yep. It's available on Amazon. Warmupnutrition.com. Now you told me this shit tastes just like coffee. Yeah, it tastes just like coffee as opposed to a protein shake. Um, You could drink it black. You could add it to protein shakes already to give it some flavor. You could add sweetener. Now, you realize that if it doesn't taste just like coffee, they can blast me. They're going to blast I'm me too. I'm giving them permission right now. So don't be bullshitting. Does no, it taste bullshitting. just like coffie? It does. All right, I so use it myself. I'm the biggest coffee drinker going and I use yeah? it every day. Is, so it, is it like QT coffee? Is it like, is it like gas coffee or is it good coffee? No, it's good coffee. Yeah. I, um, From what I understand, QT's got good coffee. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. the coffee know. in it, it's it comes from espresso, so it has a little higher caffeine content in it as yeah. well, and um, so it's a strong coffee taste. So like, war- warm up, warm coffee. up, warm up coffee. Yeah, warm right, up it's on Amazon, coffee. Amazon, and my website. Order on there because I have a higher margin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm glad he's asking this question because it's such a universally asked question about you know generating generating more customers and obviously you know that as, as thorough as we can be on a podcast it there's details and there's and there's and there's components of this whole creating a customer experience that we can't go into at length on a on even multiple podcasts which is why I'm excited about your you know your one of the main courses of the new entrepreneur academy is is exactly this thing right it is What's yeah. I don't even understand what, you're, what do you mean? Yeah, well, it's it's the cornerstone. It's one of the cornerstones of the Entrepreneur Academy. I won't actually say what it's called because I don't want to reveal secrets yet. But you've, I, you've certainly invested quite a few hours of your life in uh, recording this wonderful information to give to people. Yeah, in about twenty years' experience. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of people are asking what the academy is about. I'll just cover that right now. 
Um, this is an entrepreneurship slash personal development academy. It is it is invite only. You have to apply. It is not a system selling like, hey, I've got this system. Come buy my course and I'll teach you how to do this. That's not what the fuck we do. I am teaching you how to think, how to act. I'm teaching you specific skills that are designed to make you a fucking weapon of entrepreneurship. Okay? This is not about come do this and I'll teach you how to be a digital marketing expert. No, but I will teach you how to take your product and how to market it and how to brand it and how to hire people and how to fire people and how to create loyalty and how to uh, run Facebook ads and how to create a funnel and how to do all the fucking shit that technically you need to do to sell fucking anything. I will teach you how to sell. I will teach you how to think. I will teach you how to train employees. I will teach you how to build culture. I will teach you how to fucking dominate. That's what the Academy is about. So if you're looking for a solution to of a business that you need to run, hey, you could join our Legionnaire program. You could buy a supplement superstore franchise, but I'm not pitching that shit in there. It has nothing to do with anything. I'm teaching you how to maximize you. That's what the Academy is about. So I'm not, allow, I'm not allowing everybody in. I don't want to deal with fucking the average person who tries to think that they're going to get rich in one fucking day. It's not worth my time. It's not why I do this. And I, I don't need the money. Um, so I had a guy ask me about the mastermind. He's like, dude, how do I get in the mastermind? Guess what? The mastermind is a 25 person group that I'm going to put together. That is going to be fucking expensive. Why is it expensive? Because I want the highest quality people in it that are already at a different point in their entrepreneurial careers than what let's say the, the Academy would be for. Okay. Um, so like when you say, when you DM me and say, how do I get into the, uh, into the mastermind? You're going to have to apply for that too, but I'm going to let you know right now that shit's going to be fucking super expensive. So it's probably going to be for a million dollar plus year earners. And it's going to be for people who are serious about networking, want one-on-one attention and want to work together to make all this shit happen for themselves. So it's a totally different thing. The Academy, you could take someone who is at, ground zero and knows nothing, like you just said, I jumped all in, that would be fucking good for you. You would learn all the tools that I know. I would tell you how to get everything that you need and show you how to do everything you need, everything from how to create a product to fucking whatever. It's all covered in it. Um, there's really nothing left uh, unturned. You know, the, the podcast, we do a lot of motivational thought um, how to think things, we actually go into specifics on those things in the course. Uh, it's just a much more in-depth overall experience. So um, I hope that answers any questions because I'm getting a lot of questions about it. Love for you to apply, love for you to be in it, um, but it's it's definitely going to be highly selective. James, thanks for your question, man. So next up, we have uh, K-Slick who uh, actually we first got to know this guy because he put together a, a pretty awesome rap. That's one of the reasons that he he won a spot on the testimonial uh, contest. So you, I'm just going to let you... I, I, I I'm feel not like, trying to scare people from applying. I just, I don't want the fucking young kids that are trying to get rich in fucking two weeks. Like, right. that shit does not appeal to me. If you've got your shit together, if you're serious about learning, if you're serious about making a commitment to bring yourself up to speed and your entrepreneurial skills and becoming a fucking weapon of entrepreneurship, this is perfect for you. If you're looking to get rich in fucking one day, 
go play the lottery. I don't fucking know what to tell you. Right. You know? Right. Case, like you are, uh, we, I, I don't know if we have a tradition here, but we, we have at least one winner who's from Canada. Yeah. We, we, at least we've done that in the last couple of times. So you're, you're our Canadian. So go ahead and introduce yourself and then ask your question. All right. Well, my name's Case Slick. I'm a hip hop artist from Toronto, Canada. Um, basically a question I have for Andy is like recently, um, with my brand that I, I have, um, that we started. Yeah. With my brand I have that we started, I started with, um, another person who basically is not. I recently found out he he's not in for the long term. Basically, it's right. been four years since we started, and he's just basically flaked in and out until he just flaked out where I stopped calling. Him. Yeah, just you different commitment I mean? levels. I got it exactly. Right. So what I'm doing now is that brand was built around us, both of us. So what I'm doing now is you um, guys are both artists on the on the late on your brand or um. Well, yes, yes. But okay. I mean, like, he wasn't putting out content. So okay. it's hard for me to even classify. Okay. You know? Um, so, and this guy was your friend. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's how that's how we entered it. Right. And I, in the beginning, I didn't understand the seriousness of, um, you know, bringing a friend in and their No, 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 dude. Level. Everybody does this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, they think, like, they get this idea. They're like, fuck yeah, we're going to kill it. And yeah. they want to bring their friends along. That's natural. I understand that. I'm one of the few people that's ma- been able to make that work that I know of. Um, so my recommendation on those situations from here on out is if they don't bring something that you're not good at, you don't need them. Yeah. That's why I already cut it. So basically, uh, since that brand was built around like both of us, um, right now I'm in, I built a decent fan base on that brand, but what I'm doing right now is I'm, I want to rebrand, like as far as change the logo, just, um, start everything back from scratch because it was kind of built around us and our sound. And now that my sound has evolved and it's different. And so is, um, just the look of everything. Like I could see a more professional vision as far as like the logo and everything. So the question I have for you is, um, is rebranding a, a good step and B, is it an important thing? Absolutely. Dude, you're going to evolve as a brand. It doesn't matter if you're selling fucking supplements or you're selling records or you're selling fucking socks. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to evolve. Your brand is going to evolve. And the thing that pe- that you and other people listening need to understand about brands right now is that for our whole entire life and our parents' life, people bought from companies. Yes. They bought from logos. Okay? Now, people want to buy from people's face. So, the big giant brands... And you see this all the time. You see it with beer. You see it with soda. All big shit. You see losing sales to to little niche brands that are becoming more and more um, familiar with with customers because they're they have a face and they have a person. So understand that if you have a brand right now, it needs to be relatable from a human element, yeah. and that's you. Okay, in this situation, um, but. With that being said, you're going to evolve, dude. You're going to you're you're going to constantly be evolving, constantly be evolving, and constantly be evolving, dude. There's going to be a day where where the MF CEO is not the fucking MF CEO. It's Andy Frisella. You know what I'm saying? Like it's always going to evolve. It's always going to change. And dude, being fluid about that is and transparent about it is what's going to continue to bring your fans along for the journey. So where you're probably concerned, well, who am I going to lose or am I going to lose or is it going to help me grow? No, dude, the people who are with you are going to respect what you're doing. If you're transparent about it and you explain to them what you're doing, why you're doing it and what you're doing. 
they're going to even root for you more because they're like, dude, you have balls, you have fucking grit, you're you're making a change, you have courage because they admire that in people. And not everybody has the courage to, to make steps once they've got a little bit of momentum going. You've got a little momentum going. You're doing really good. You've got 18,000 followers, I think, right? Yes. Okay. That's fucking really good. Thank you. You... You know, I could see why you're you've worked really hard to get those followers, right? So you're like, okay, if I rebrand, fuck, am I gonna? How many am I gonna lose, or how many? That's not the question. The question is, how many are you gonna lose if you don't rebrand? Yeah, okay. you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're gonna get bored with you. They're gonna get tired of you. They're gonna see this as an old news, especially as an artist, mm-hmm. dude. The only artists that last the test of time are the ones that constantly reinvent. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're not people who stay the same. You look at somebody like Madonna, who's been relevant for a thousand fucking years, literally mm-hmm. <laughs> every fucking two years. She's somebody else, you know? Yeah. Um, dude, Prince was the same way. The greatest artists in history, they fucking reinvent themselves over and over and over and over again. That's true. You know, they're not make, they're not singing the same songs. That's why like people make fun of me when I say about, I love old school hip hop and you know, I, I personally prefer that hip hop over the new shit. I get, I'm getting with the new shit a little bit, but uh, but it would be weird, right? If like, if let's say Snoop Dogg came out and and started an album, or you went to see him uh, in concert and he didn't have anything new, it was the same old shit from 19 fucking 90, and that's why you know you don't hear his names, you don't hear his name in the fucking you know on XM uh, hip hop station or fucking whatever, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, dude, you've got to evolve to stay relevant. You know, so rebranding consistently to suit where you are is going to be appropriate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so I wouldn't be afraid of it. I would embrace it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That that was just my biggest worry. Some people like they they have the logo and stuff like tatted on them. So that's, that's what I was worried about. Even if you did, dude, Mm -hmm. even if you did, that's a representation of who you were then. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, it's not. Nothing is ever set in stone in business or in life. You know, you're you're in a shitty fucking marriage right now or you're in a shitty relationship or you're you're somewhere you don't want to be. That doesn't fucking that script is not written for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So changing shit is necessary to stay fresh, to stay focused, to stay relevant in business and in life. I think. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, well, I agree. <laughs> oh Jesus! That's all. That's all I got to say about that. Oh but, man, um, that was fucking enlightening, bro. It, it was. It was deep. <laughs> I'm actually. Thank you, yeah, uh, no Case Like for the for the question. So where can next, people find you on Instagram? On uh, Instagram, it's the real Case Slick. The real. The real Case Slick. Slick. <laughs> Even though Andy doesn't like people with the real. No, in front I just of don't. Me. I just don't like Brad Lee. <laughs> don't kill me. <laughs> the real Brad Lee. Yeah. I'm so, just kidding. I like Brad Lee, but when I say I don't like him, I'm just making fun of him. Bradley's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Dude, in my he is—he's—he he is. There's no question. He almost yeah. got us kicked out of dinner because he had us laughing so hard. Yeah, that dude's a fucking riot, man. Well, I mean, he had you talking about wiping your butt. So, well, dude, you want to do the like job right, you get it fucking minutes. done the right way. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, all right. Thank you, sir. All right, who uh, we got thank next? You. Next up is Ashley Gossman. Ashley. Uh, just moving away from Seattle, back to Cali, because you're a Cali girl, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then ask your question. Um, yeah, I'm Cali born and raised. I uh, definitely feel like it was great to get away from California, and I learned a lot of things in business. I've been a businesswoman since I was 16. I've 
been involved in a bunch of different aspects of business. Um, I think my biggest question is, as a millennial, I stress about constantly, am I moving too quickly? Am I being patient enough? How long do I wait for a decision or for a choice? Give me specifics. So when I decided to pull the plug on my job in Seattle, right? I had heard you say multiple times, millennials are not patient enough. We're not sitting here, you know, you're not giving it time. You're not, you're not investing in yourself. You're not investing in the career. And so for me, I'm sitting here stressing about my life. Am I making the right life choice? Am I, I'm giving up a good job to go home to be with my family? Because for me, family's first, no matter what. I'll figure it out, but family's going to always be first. So it was a little bit stressful because I'm a believer, to be honest. I'm drinking your Kool-Aid and it's it's stressful. It's good Kool-Aid. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> but, toot, toot. but I didn't want you to call me out and say, look, you're not fucking listening to me. I'm telling I think, I you. I think you are listening to me. You just don't realize it because what I say is how do you evaluate risk? It's not about, you know... Uh, thinking about what's going to happen if you do, it's about what's going to happen if you don't. And you realize that, like, dude, if I don't move home, I'm going to have this. I'm, I'm doing the right thing. You know what I'm saying? So, in in your situation, you know, it's a little bit different because your priority is for your family, and I think it's important that you you do that. Otherwise, you're going to be miserable no matter what, right? Yeah, I think. But in my in my career, I want to be the best. You know, I. I don't know how to say this. As a businesswoman, I'm always striving to be the better than the next person. I need to stand out in front of other people. My resume has to look better. I have to be better. And so I made the sacrifice to get away and it worked out in my favor. And, you know, it's like how many how many lives does a cat have? That's my biggest worry and stress. And I know a lot of the most successful people in my life have been very methodical. And it, it you know, you stress out if you're just moving too quickly. I run on my emotions and... I don't think very much sometimes on some of my decisions. I try to, but that's not the way I'm built. I like to go and just kind of get a running start. Well, I I think that that's natural for most people. I think most people are impulsive when it comes to decision making. Um, even when they agonize over it for a long time, that's not patience. They're agonizing. And then what they'll do is they'll impulsively make the decision. Um Dude, it becomes down to awareness, right? Like you need to be able to see where you are and look down the road 10 years, five years from now and say, okay, where is this path going to lead? And if you can honestly look at that path in a, in a very um, unbiased way and say, this is not going to get me where I want to go, if I put five years, if I put 10 years into it, then it's time to move on to something, right? Because the last thing I want you to do is to sit there and 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 stay in something for 10 years that isn't going to get you where you want to be. So you've got to be able to uh, put a little vision out there in the world and, and kind of try to anticipate where things, and I realize that's not easy for everybody, um, but it's necessary. So you have to be able to say, okay, am I going to be here? Am I, where is this going to lead me? If I give everything I have to this, where am I going to end up in five years? And if the answer is not where I want to be, then it's time to get somewhere that you can plant down and grow into where you want to be in five to 10 years. You know what I'm saying? No, thank you. Just that yeah. just solidifies well, my confir confirmation on the yeah, decision dude, I made. Because you don't want to be living up in Seattle if your family's in LA mm -hmm. and you put 10 years in and now you're in a situation where you can't leave because it's too good of a situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dude, opportunity is everywhere. Opportunity is everywhere. It's all about, it's about finding the right soil to plant your fucking seed into. 
You know what I mean? I do, but when it comes to looking for a job, I mean, firsthand experience, it's intimidating as fuck. You get no's, 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 and I guess no's are better to hear than yeses at some point because then you realize, okay, I'm not going to be in this business. I'm not going to do this. I applied for Starbucks. They said no. I fucking applied at In-N-Out for their real estate division. They told me no, and I was bummed because I'm like, Jesus, if I can't get a job at In-N-Out... And it's a prestigious place to work, to be oh, honest. Oh, and I, yeah. they, they, they pay, pay well. They pay, pay really well. well. They hire yeah. from within, similar to First Form, and they pay I've very well. I've still never eaten there, though. Yeah. I don't know if we could be friends yeah. now. Ever, but. No, man, I'm from Missouri. We don't have that shit I here. I haven't either. Andy yeah. is lucky we do not have In-N-Out here. No shit, I'd be 400 <laughs> fucking pounds. But it's Again. A, <laughs> it's a little bit scary when you were applying, and I had this situation when I graduated from college, because I submitted hundreds of resumes and that was my biggest fear i mean forget about worrying about dating guys submitting a resume is more intimidating because it's like fuck am i gonna get a job i have bills to pay right. i don't want to let anybody down and i i don't want to have somebody come pick up my truck dude the thing is is that what you're talking i and like i told you earlier today i think that is a fucking asset to you that sense of urgency that you have, that you're thinking about all these things. Like you call it anxiety, I call it a fucking asset. Mm-hmm. All right. Most people are passive. Most people don't have urgency. Most people practice a, a, something that I just talked about on Thursday Thunder, which is selective urgency. They only care about shit when the fucking sky is falling down. You care about shit when shit's good. That's an asset. Like it might make you nervous. It might make you feel weird. You might have anxiety, but if you're looking around where you are and you're constantly trying to prove and constantly trying to see where I'm going to go and what I'm going to be and how I'm going to end up, yes, you could drive yourself crazy, but that's also better than ending up fucking unemployed because you don't give a fuck. So I don't think you're going to have an issue. You've got a level of intensity. You've got a level of passion. You've got a level of urgency that really, to be completely honest, more people can fucking benefit from having. So I would encourage you to stop looking at it as like a worry and start looking at it as like, dude, it's good. I'm like this because it's going to push me. That's what I would 100%, do. percent. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Cause I do feel like people have been telling me that and it's been a few, you know, there's been multiple people that have recently said that and it's given me confidence as far yeah. as just the way I fuck dude. I come situations. in here every day and I'm fucking scared shitless. That's the truth. Like people think I'm joking when I say that. Cause they think, Oh dude, whatever you got it made. That's why I get offended like a little bit, not offended, but like upset when people say, Oh, congratulations, all the success, dude. I feel like I'm fucking beginning. Like I feel like I'm could lose this shit in one fucking minute. And I could, I could think of like 10 things that could believe me. I'm a warrior too. So like I could think of like 10 things that will burn the fucking place down in five fucking seconds. And like, dude, that keeps me focused. It keeps me sharp. It keeps me wanting to fucking move forward and push forward and I've just learned, like, dude, I've learned to, to to channel that nervous energy into productive action. And I think that's been my biggest key, you know? Like, dude, I go through heavy anxiety. I've, it's no secret that I've had depression for over 20 fucking years. I'm always going to have it. It's just part of my personality. And it's part of the way my body chemically works. But I, I think the key, right, is to, to be resourceful with what you're what you have as a person and make it work for you. You know what I mean? And so stop stop thinking of it, I have anxiety, and start thinking of it as I have this drive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, I get 100%. Yeah. Like, because when you have a high drive and you're not getting where you want to go, it feels like anxiety. Well, I just, I've always said it, I just got to keep fighting. That's Fuck yeah. my mantra as far as just the way I approach business, because yeah. to me, it's, it's a fight. It's between me and you and... 
whoever does better. Dude, I look at that. I, that's how I see it the same way. I see it as a fucking battle. Like I look at business as, like you said, I got to be better than everybody. I'm going to be better than everybody. And I don't give a fuck what I have to do. That's why people will never fucking beat me in this business because I will, I'm willing to suffer and go back. I will go back to living on a piss stained fucking mattress. I don't give two fucks to win. I don't care if I've got to eat a fucking hundred pounds of dog shit. Like I'll do whatever the fuck it takes to win and I'll do more than the next guy to win. And that's just, that's just me having fucking high standards and having a high drive. And dude, I see it in you too, just for spending the day here. Like I could see it when we were talking, I even pointed to Vaughn. I'm like, who the fuck does that sound like? <laughs> like, dude, people think I'm fucking insane. And half the time I think I'm insane too. I've just learned to use the shit. You know what I mean? So I don't think you're insane. I'm like, damn dude, she's got it together. Just like me. You know? <laughs> Thank you. So Definitely I like awesome. it. Yeah. Andy, just to emphasize another point, when her question made me think of two episodes that you've done. One is successful people know how to commit, but the other one that I don't think many people know as well is plant your butt on the right rocket ship or whatever. Where I don't think when like when people hear you say commit, I don't think they often understand that you're not saying commit just for the sake of committing. Don't stick with something just to stick with it. Because on that other on that other podcast, you talk about evaluating your situation, Dude, figuring out if it's the best for you. Look. Um, Gary, who is a dear friend of mine, okay, uh, a lot of people think I don't like him because I will occasionally say some shit like that insinuates I don't agree because I don't fucking agree with everything he says. We're still fucking friends. He's very good to me and I'm very good back. He brought the term self-awareness to the masses, okay? People will use that fucking term over and over and over again, and I can tell that they have no fucking idea what it means, okay? Being aware goes hand in hand with having vision about where you are, what opportunity you're currently in, where that opportunity is going to lead. And if you're not thinking about where you are, what you're doing, what your actions are going to result in in the next five, ten years, you're not self-aware. It's just part of it. You know, and the other part of it is how people perceive me and what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses without being biased, without building myself up or tearing myself down. What am I genuinely good at? What am I genuinely bad at? And being aware of those things and using them. And I wish people understood how that matters and affects opportunities that they're in as well, because I feel like most people lack vision awareness. They don't. They they hear somebody like me say, dude, you got to fucking grind it out for 10 years. That doesn't mean keep cooking fucking French fries for 10 years and then move to the burgers. Like, that's not what that means. You've got to find yourself in the right situation where that 10 years is going to pay off or that 15 years is going to pay off. I don't know. I can only give you the framework because I'm not sitting in front of you where I can hear your current situation. So you have to develop the vision and the vision awareness and the self-awareness to evaluate what path you're on. And nobody can do that but you. You know, yes, you can find somebody who's 15 years down the road and they can help you create your little path or, or tell you if you're on the wrong or right path. But dude, to me, that's the equivalent of somebody catching fish for you as opposed to you teaching yourself how to fish. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, 
it's going to serve you a lot greater if you can figure out how to how to develop the skill versus you having to look at somebody all the time and say, what do you think? Where am I at? Am I doing good? How am I doing? This, that, the other. If that's you, you're always going to be dependent on that. And that's not good. You know, being able to do that to yourself is where, where the true value comes. Good question, Ashley. All right, so next up, we have uh, Judy Cochran, who is uh, currently living in Dallas. And uh, Judy, I'm just going to actually let you tell a little bit about yourself and what your question is. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thanks for having me. Um, so I uh, wrote a memoir, and uh, it's titled 11 Days. And the tagline is from 35 million to food stamps, what a family gains when losing the American dream. So, um, you know, not a typical memoir, um, like the eat, pray, love thing. It's a little like that, but it's also, you know, it's about a, a woman, a marriage, a business, a family. It's, I think it's why it's taken off because it really resonates. So what's happening is, um, I'm getting asked to speak and, and get in front of people. And um, what I found interesting about you is that when you when you started the whole, when you built First Form, you differentiated yourself from the negative stereotypes of the motivational industry. And there's some of those st- stereotypes in the self-help and inspirational world as well. And I'm thinking... Do you have any suggestions of how to do that? I think there's stereotypes in anything. Yeah. Like that are going to be cheesy or corny right. or, or fucking stupid. You know, like how many bad doctors are there? How many bad lawyers are there? You know what I'm saying? Like yep. there's a lot of speakers out there that fucking suck. That give, a, that give good ones that bring real value, a negative uh, stereotype. I wouldn't, and I don't personally let that affect how I do shit. I choose to look at it as an opportunity to stand so far on the other side of the room that it's that it's a, an advantage for me. So again, you know, just like I said a minute ago, it's it's perspective. It's yeah. how do you look at it? You know, yes, I don't want to be cheesy motivational speaker, but I'm not. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, I use I use what everybody else is doing to 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 be a measuring stick of how far away I am from that. You know, and I don't let what other people are doing affect how I feel about what I'm doing when I'm doing it. Uh, Cause believe me, the last thing I want to be is some cheesy fucking motivational speaker that right. tells everybody they're special little fucking rainbows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I know better. So yeah. um, I wouldn't let that hold me back or, or slow down what your message is because okay. it, and the truth is dude, I've had people say I was fucking cheesy or I was mm-hmm. f- fucking whatever. And like, you know what? Fuck those people. Yeah. You know, I know what I am and I know I resonate with people and those are the people I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the 50% of the people that don't like me using the F word. I had a guy yesterday right on my page. Oh, I'd have a lot more respect for you if you didn't use the F word. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Your respect isn't worth my authenticity. Yeah. Period. Well, Vaughn originally said to me, you need to do a podcast. After he read the book, he's like, you got to have a podcast. And I'm like, all right. Um, except I really like the F word. He goes, well, then use it. Yeah. Look at Andy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, in that industry, I don't know how accepted that would be, but I guess I don't, I don't okay. care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing okay in it. You know, like, yeah, I look, man, 
if somebody's not going to listen to you because they don't like the word fuck, then they don't have what it takes anyway. Because like anybody who who is able to filter through what good content is and this and that, it's not your cup of tea, right? You're still learning a ton of shit. Right. So I, you know. Well, and I have fair warning in that book. There's a lot of, lot of F words in there. Good. So. I might read it. I then. got them ready. Yeah. <laughs> Judy, I think when you asked your question and I, you said when Andy started first form, you, he intentionally distinguished it. And then you said motivational. I think you started to mean, how did he distinguish first form from the fitness industry, some of the negative stereotypes of the fitness industry. And then you started, and then you, yeah, and yeah. then you went into motivational. Uh, but that, that brings up something we were talking about earlier, which is Andy, when you did create first form and the brand and you did distinguish yourself from the common lot of the, of the fitness industry and sort of the association that people who were into fitness look down on people who were over shape, out of shape or, uh, whatever. Um, my question is, for the purpose of branding, did you actually say, okay, I'm going to put my finger on a negative stereotype of the fitness industry and consciously overcome that? Or were you just being yourself? Dude, I was being myself. Yeah. Like I was just say, the first video we did about that went viral and, uh, and people were like, oh, well you got fucking lucky because it went viral. No, it, it was just me fucking ranting about what I hated about the industry. And, uh, it's what we've always been about. That was just the time that everybody heard about it. You know what I mean? So no, it wasn't by design. It was just being who the fuck I am. And that's where I learned the authenticity, uh, always wins. You know, you're going to piss some people off the way I explained it when I spoke at, at, uh, at Gary's event a couple weeks ago was that dude, it's just like election. you got 50% Republicans, you got 50% Democrats and no fucking Democrat or Republican is going to win hundred percent of the vote. What yeah. you're battling over is the 6% that's the six, the four to 6% that's actually listening and voting based on issues, not based, based on preconceived notions. And, um, I would argue that those are the fucking smartest people, but, uh, you're, you can't win everybody. And so when you try yeah. to win everybody, what happens? You try to pander over here to the right. You try to pander over here to the left and both sides end up hating you. So, or ignoring you, which is worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, people don't understand that, you know, so they try to create this product that is appeasing and appealing and fun and happy and good for everybody when it's re- literally fucking impossible to do. So like, you have to let go of that of that forty eight percent that is not going to like you no matter what. Okay, and you've got to appeal to that fifty two percent that is that is going to uh, like you, and you have to make them love you, and that's going to be the key. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that guy that you're worried about, or that woman you're worried about making this comment or that comment, those aren't your fucking people. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and along your journey, you're going to have people that are going to reach out to you, and they're going to say, "Andy, you're a fucking piece of shit." You're, I, I hate your content because of this, this, and this. I don't take that fucking personal because one, that could be they're having a terrible day. And I've had people come back and apologize. I said that before. Two, I'm just not their cup of tea, man. And I take pride yeah. in that. You know, like I don't want to be everybody's thing. I want to be the people who resonate with my shit's thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to do that better than everybody else. Yeah, so, I got to work a little bit on that. 
Yeah, because it goes yeah. against our nature, right? We want it everybody does. to be happy and we want everybody to like us. And you know what's funny is people will pretend to fucking like you to your face and then they'll oh, say yeah. behind your back, you know what? I don't like that motherfucker. Yep. It's just on social media. We actually get to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, all right. And that does, that is weird how people will say shit on social media yeah. that they would never fucking say to your face. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, and that shit hurts, man. Like, cause yeah. you're like, you're not used to it, but. The truth of the matter is the more they do it, the more you get used to it. And now like to me, like when people send me these fiery fucking comments, like I'll just write back some logical response and they're usually like, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, you know, so I don't know, man. Like I, I just think that if anything, if you own a product, if you're uh, trying to sell a product, if you own a company, um, you know, unless you're like literally fucking water, <laughs> Not everybody's going to fucking need you or like you. Mm-hmm. So uh, okay. I think making people love you versus just making everybody feel medium about you is far more valuable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your your political analogy is such a good one. I remember the night of the election. Um, somebody said, one of the commentators said that Hillary Clinton had more money in her campaign uh, fund than any candidate in recent history, maybe ever. But the statement that they said is all the money in the world cannot overcome a candidate who people just don't know who she is. And yet, you know, people, you know, to, as an illustration of what you're talking about. Dude, look, you can say I was, everything I'll you fucking w- say it. Per, I don't care. Dude, she's not a likable person. And the people that picked her as the candidate are fucking stupid. They picked right. her on being a woman and even women didn't like her. Right. So. You know, it is she what had it a is. Serious authenticity, problem. dude. You gotta you gotta pick somebody that is likable, right? If you pick somebody that's likable, I don't care if it's fucking black dude, white dude, woman, man, gay, straight, doesn't matter. If it's they're not a likable person, they shouldn't even be the fucking candidate. If you're if it's that party, yeah. You know, if you don't want a chance at winning, yeah. You know, Donald. People say, oh, Donald Trump's not likable. I think he's likable. He seems like a regular fucking dude to me. He seems like a dude I'd like to have a fucking beer with. You know what? Bill Clinton was the same way. He was Democrat, yep. so I would say the same thing about him. He had a regular fucking dude thing about him. A, a ring of authenticity. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? Dude, he he people fucking love that dude. Mm-hmm. Even even people who are Republicans loved him because they're like, dude, that guy's a fucking real dude. Well, I might not agree it. with everything he says, but the dude eats fucking McDonald's. Yeah. And he and he eats a fucking hash brown when he's running through Central Park. Like yeah. you know, like yeah, that sounds like something that. I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's so true though. Right. I mean, how many people I mean, I remember years ago how many people said exactly what you just said. Yeah. I I'd have a beer with Bill Clinton. Right. I don't like <laughs> Who him. the fuck would it? Yeah, right. <laughs> which which makes the fact that Hillary is his wife even more yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. bizarre. It's kind of odd. Yeah. Like yeah. cuz she's like the opposite of that. I yeah. wouldn't fucking want to drink with her. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. Drink poison, oh maybe. Uh, Where did we go? All right. Well, thanks, Judy. Thank uh, you. So we're going to round things up here with uh, Drea DeMassa. Drea, come on over. And Drea's from California. I think she's our second Cali girl. Um, and Drea, you can test, tell a little bit about yourself, and you'll be the final question tonight. Um. So I own... Uh, a lash studio called Sugar Bunny Lashes in LA. Um, Sugar what? Sugar Bunny Lashes. Sugar Bunny? Yes. All right. Um, And we're actually a hypoallergenic lash studio. Um, So we use hypoallergenic and sensitive based products. But um, I started this business when I was married to my ex-husband. And he did not support me at all. Um, 
honestly, like this whole podcasting, I was introduced to it by my buddy Rich, and good job, Rich. Color Tech <laughs> Graphics, um, that's his business. Um, he's Rich seen, at Color Tech. Yes, I love you, bro. <laughs> he see, he's fulfilling the obligation. That's right. He's he, bringing a friend. Yeah, he is. He's super awesome, and. Um, this whole podcast has honestly changed my mentality, my business. Um, it honestly gave me the motivation to quit my job as a teacher um, and to actually bootstrap this business. I was in like a 500 square foot space by myself with a table and a bed and a chair doing lashes. And um, I you know, started to get like one client here, one client there. And I was working after school as a teacher and, um, and I just slowly started to get things together. Like I'd buy things here and there. Um, so I basically bootstrapped my entire business. I have no business debt whatsoever. Um, I have employees now. Um, so my business has just grown tenfold since I started listening to the podcast. So That's awesome. my thing right now is I would like to scale my business to include um, products, classes, um, webinars, and I want to move my business to a storefront. Okay. Um, so... We're doing, we're thriving, we're doing pretty well, um, but we're not at a point where we can... Wait, so you mean to tell me that you started a business with no investors, on your own, by yourself, and you've turned it in and scaled it into a successful salon that you're currently looking to expand again with no fucking outside help? This is unbelievable. Just the MFCO. It's, it's the MFCO. Pod. Yeah, but I'm being I'm being sarcastic because people hear this, hear me say that about us, and they're like, "That's fucking impossible." <laughs> Here's real world shit of somebody doing it. Yeah, and, and a lot anyway, of it has awesome. to no, a lot of it has to do with the client retention too. Yeah, All, because I, I I would get clients that would come in and especially they would look for you, around. where they're going to have a service or a product that they're going to come in for every few weeks. Huge. They would come in and see my empty space, but I have treated my clients so well and they just they just adore me and I just have relationships with all of them. They're so loyal. They've seen my business grow. That's and awesome. they're like, it's amazing what you've done in the last, you know, two and a half years. That's awesome. So I've um so I wanted to I wanted to scale, but I want to know how to scale um or what's the best way to scale when you don't have the means to necessarily scale. Like what should well, be the you're next you're doing it. You're already doing it. You started out alone. You, you scaled in, you've added employees, which has added sales and added growth, and you're going to continue to do that, and it's, you're naturally scaling. Like, like when entrepreneurs talk about scaling, it sounds like this fucking official thing that you've got to, like, figure out. You're already doing it. You know what I'm saying? You, you've just got to put the name on it. So um, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep letting cash flow come in. Roll that cash back into the business add things that are going to add, you know, revenue. Like if you do a product, you know, you're going to add one product at a time. Like people think that like do with first form where we've got 40 fucking SKUs or 50 SKUs or whatever it is that we just like shit those out. No motherfucker. I started with one, one flavor of one protein. You know what I mean? And over the last eight or eight years, you know, we've rolled that into another flavor and another flavor and then another product and then three flavors of that or six flavors of that. And then another product. And it's, you know, it takes time, especially when you don't have people that are going to throw money at you and just let you do it. But that's a great thing because you're learning lessons now that somebody who started out with those advantages aren't going to be able to learn. So that if you ever have to compete with them, you're going to be much more equipped to win that battle. You know, um, 
so many people look at having to bootstrap and having to to be um, frugal and be creative as something that's a, that's a hindrance when in reality it's developing skills that you're going to use from now until you know you're 70 years old. You know what I'm saying? So uh, realize and be patient that you already are scaling and you are growing and things are moving along quickly. Two and a half years is quick for, for what you've done, especially with no help. That's faster than I fucking scale our stores. I don't my second store for six years. You see what I'm saying? Well, I have an awesome dad too. He also built a lot of the furniture and stuff in my Lash studio. So I'm grateful for him. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know, that's the same as me. I had a great dad who who gave us, gave us, uh, you know, help with, with shit like that. Like he still does. He's walking around here, like changing fucking light bulbs and shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) So uh, in my in my Priscilla Files video, he was up on the forklift changing yeah. a fucking light bulb. So, uh, which, by the way, if you're not subscribed to the email list, you need to subscribe because we're doing exclusive email content through uh, the Priscilla Files. We just did our first episode. Every week, there'll be a new one. So if you're not subscribed to the, the email list, where do they subscribe? Uh, the MFCEO.com forward slash. I want to get the exact one here. Let me get it. It's, uh, I think it's live dash. Hold on. Give Come me on, a second. Bro. You put me on, you put me on the, it's not a, uh, here we go. Okay. This is what you're supposed to know. I know. I know. Okay. The MFCO.com forward slash sign S I G N dash go dash 100 dash zero. Dash, 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 dash. Yeah. I mean, yeah. fuck, dude. Could you make that any harder for people? I know. Well, I, I wanted I wanted to weed out the low-hanging fruit, you know? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I had to throw that plug in there. But the 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 reality is, is I think you're already doing what you're setting out to do anyway. I mean, what's your okay. next step? Well, I've already um, had a lash shampoo developed, and it completely cures the lashes, which is not something that's been done in the industry. Um, so like I have a lot of, a lot more ideas for products that I want to do. Um, so and start with one, right? Mm-hmm. Sell some shit. Well, it's, it keeps selling out. So like, that's, that's, that's something that's been really successful. Yeah. And then, um, Wait, so you already have this in, I already have this in. So what are you asking me for? You already fucking know this shit. Well, no, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out the next step. Like, What's the next step? What's the next product you want? Well, um, I well, I don't want to tell everyone in the industry because right, well, I don't. Let's just say it's the next product. You're going to keep selling your last shampoo and and get your inventory to appropriate levels where you're not selling out all the time. Okay, and by the way, selling out sometimes is good because it creates demand. All right, but uh, you're going to manage that inventory, so you're going to have to reinvest some money to the things that are already making you money. All right, and when you get to a point where you've you've got that uh, in the right spot, you're going to start taking that money. And you're going to roll it into the second product. You see what I'm okay. saying? Yeah. And right. you're going to repeat that process over and over and over again. Is that is that what you're asking? Yeah. Well, I didn't yeah. I didn't know what would be the next step. Yeah, I, yeah. No, dude. You've just got to manage what you've already got and maximize that as much as you can, at least to a stable point. You know, like that's how we would do it here. We had a one protein. It was chocolate, right? We sell, we're fucking selling out of chocolate, selling out of chocolate, selling out of chocolate. Then I took the money and kept putting it back in until we got quantities to where we, we weren't selling out. And then we had strawberry. Right, mm-hmm. and then we start running out. We have enough chocolate; it's sustaining itself. We're running out of strawberry, so we're running out. We're running out. We get it to a level of where we need it. Then we start rolling cash into, into a vanilla. You see what I'm saying? 
Yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to start putting more money into the, or once I get money from the first product, I start to put it into the Absolutely. second one. Yeah. Okay. You're already doing this. All right. Yeah. You got this. It's not, <laughs> this isn't, this is basic shit and you already figured it out. So, um, I think you're looking for confirmation, not, not actual oh, answer. No, I, yeah. well, I, I thought I needed no, you assistance, but you don't. Thank you so much, yeah, Andy. You're doing fine. I appreciate the opportunity yeah. to come. Yeah, Thank before you. you know it, you're going to be a lash money millionaire. <laughs> That's what Vaughn keeps calling lash me. Lash money millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wow. you could do. Pre- you could do That's pre- like one of them fucking dad jokes. See, that came from <laughs> the is. heart. And you could do prepaid stuff and call it lash advance. A lash oh, advance. Gosh. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I did use this opportunity to um, teach a class while I was here. So. Yeah, she did. Did you know that? No. Like she, she. I mean, she's killing it. She brought. She arranged to. On the. He, she came a day early and she taught a whole class. So. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. She That's took awesome. A, took advantage of everything. So. There's no good uh, lash artists in St. Louis. So. Really? Is yeah. That why everybody's can... lashes here look all jacked up? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's what, Tyler, me why are you act. lashes so fucked up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone here was telling me to open up a lash bar here, so Dude, a lash bar. I'm gonna tell you right bar. now, lash bar, lash studio. That motherfucker will be your number one customer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you again. Yeah, you're welcome. So, guys, you know, I love having people here to ask questions because it, I know there's other people out there that have similar questions and all that. Um, for those of you who didn't see uh, the first episode of. Um, the Frisella Factor YouTube show, that is the reason we started that show, so that we could answer questions. And um, you go to YouTube, Andy Frisella, you subscribe. We just had our first show last week. Um, and it's a Q&A show. So I don't care if you're question about business, life, relationships, uh, fucking cars. I don't give a shit. Submit your question on a video. Uh, it's just askthemfceo.com and we'll answer them there. I mean, we don't do a lot of Q&A on the show, which is why I enjoy having everybody here because it's fun to answer the uh, individual questions. But if you know, you've know you got questions that you want answered, that's the way to do it. So, A video is not a suggestion either. You have to submit a video. Yeah. 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 And, and you also need to put your fucking face on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, Dude, thanks, thanks listen. for being on the show. Thanks for, thanks for submitting your testimonials. And I want to. We had just a say- guy who made a video, and, I, and if you're listening, dude, I listen. I appreciate the question, but he like made the video of his like bathroom. He's like, my face is not relevant to the. Bro, I'm gonna tell you something. Coming from a dude who got stabbed in the fucking face, and it has a fucked up face. I promise you. You ain't that ugly, all right? <laughs> so point the camera at your fucking dome and ask the question, and maybe I'll answer it, but I'm sure as fuck I'll put in your bathroom on the show. You sure it wasn't Brad Lee just goofing around? No, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, again, thanks to our winners, and a, a heartfelt thanks to everybody who submitted a testimonial. We had a ton of them, and uh, you know it was just hard picking winners, but um, thank you again. We really, support it, or we really appreciate your support. Yep. So, guys, we will be back on... Uh, Thursday with Thursday Thunder. I've got a good one for you. Um, and appreciate you guys telling a friend if you get, you know, benefit from the show, if you're enjoying the show, if you listen to the show, um, you know, tell a motherfucker about us. 